0: Lake Church, hallelujah. Well, I'm excited about all of the wonderful ministries we have going on in the church. We had a wonderful time last night with trained family and uh, just seeing families come together and learn about godly, being a godly husband, being a godly wife, being good parents, amen. It's always good to learn what the Bible says about these things. And another ministry that I'm very very happy uh, that we have um, <clears throat> been able to, um, um, you know, have in our church is the Overcomers Ministry, and this Overcomers Ministry is a spirit-filled twelve-step recovery program, and uh, it was um, basically written by a good friend of mine by the name of James Johnson, who has been doing this now for close to 20, 23 years, and so we've brought it into the house, Amen. and uh, we've had a successful time of it. We've used it many times, but uh, praise God, we reinitiated it, and uh, God is doing tremendous things in people's lives. So I'm going to have uh, Wade, who oversees this ministry, come up here, and uh, he's going to share that we have some graduates this year. Amen.
1: Yeah. So come Amen. on up, there, brother. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a blessing to be introduced by this guy. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Hey, uh, I just want, man. What a blessing it's been this uh, 22 weeks of going through these steps and uh, you know all of us coming together and sharing our experience, strength, and hope to encourage each other, to lift each other up, to help each other overcome by the word of God. Amen. Overcomers is not just about helping you get through your addiction, but we're wanting to disciple you that you get victory through the word of God. Amen. Amen. And uh, like Pastor said, we've got some graduates this time. I mean, we have several dedicated people that, for one reason or another, wasn't able to complete, but the three people that I want to announce today is my bundle of, one of them is my bundle of joy, Dor England. Mm-hmm. Another one, amazing brother, John O. Arisrat. I tell you what, it's a blessing to see what God is doing through this man. Amen. Uh, stay tuned. Great things. Great things coming through this man. Amen. And uh, Debbie Sanderson, which could not be here, uh, her, her in Virginia are with her father, I believe, right now. She had a family emergency, but Debbie Sanders was another one that dedicated her time to that. Holy Spirit, help me be quick. (sighs) You know, the Word tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of our testimony. I believe as you grow in Christ, your testimony changes. Amen. It goes not so much. It may start out in this is what I've been, this is what I've done, to this is what he brought me through, to... My God is victory. Amen. Amen. Your testimony should change. And anybody that is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. Amen. We believe. So it's been been a great journey. I'm, I'm expecting great things to come from overcomers. Uh, So get the word out. I mean, if you have friends and loved ones and family members that are battling with stuff, it doesn't necessarily have to be drugs or alcohol. It could be any number of things. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're just wanting to build overcomers. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen. What a blessing it is. Amen. Thank
0: you. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) So they they meet on Thursday nights at 7 o'clock back in the uh, uh, Area 51 building. So I encourage you to be a part of that. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Let's turn to Psalm 2. Psalm 2. And are you ready for more of this? Okay. All right. Okay. You think you are. All right. Psalm 2, starting with verse number 1. This is our key text. We're going to be reading from three portions here this morning, and then we're going to be seeing in real time Uh, people that kind of ask, why are we using clips? Well, preachers have been saying this stuff for years and years and years, and no one listens. But when you've got people in real time that are not, in the church that are actually participating and bringing these things to pass, it's important that you hear from them. Because I can say all you want. I mean, I you know we we've, we've done eschatology in this church before. I've shared these things with you. I did a whole goodness six months of truth revolution, and uh, you know we hear it from preachers, and that that's great because we're supposed to hear it from preachers. But it's also good to hear it from the wolf's mouth so that you can see what they're thinking. And many of them have no idea that they're being used to bring about a satanic agenda. They just believe they're trying to help humanity. And everything that the enemy tries to do in our lives always comes with, it will help you. It will help you. And that's really what happened to the garden. He said, you partake of this fruit, man, you're going to become like God. You're going to become like us, Elohim. And uh, you're going to know th- the knowledge of both good and evil. And you're going to become like God. You're going to become a God, basically. And so it was the allure of something that would benefit that actually brought about the deception that caused Eve and Adam to partake of the fruit, which was a forbidden knowledge, which was a knowledge of life irrespective of God. See, we're supposed to participate and eat of the tree of life, not the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Amen? And so when we eat of the tree of life, that that has relationship. So the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is fruit without relationship. It's knowledge without relationship. And see, we're, we're plagued with it throughout our lives because we have young people that are getting on the Internet and they're absorbing information with no teacher, with no filter, with no one to guide them. And see, that's the reason why. See, God always wanted to bring about that revelation to Adam and Eve, but he wanted to do it through relationship where the tree of the knowledge of good and evil bypassed that And said, I'm going to I can I can handle it, I can take it, and it's just like running with scissors, guys. (laughs) Amen. Eventually you're gonna poke a hole in yourself or someone else. Amen? Okay, so it says in verse number one, it says, Why do the nations rage? And we're going to get into that. And the people plot in vain. Now notice the word plot there. We can actually put the word conspire. They plot in vain. It says, the kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel. That's also another word that we could use for conspiracy. There's a lot of people that say, oh, well, you know, you're just a conspiracy theorist. No, I'm not into conspiracy theory. I'm only into those that, that, uh, that are true. <clears throat> Amen? And And I'm telling you, a lot of what we call conspiracy theory have been proved out over these last couple of years. It's absolutely become truth, conspiracy fact. And so if you're a Bible believer, and how many Bible believers do we have in here? Maybe five of you. Okay, that's all right. We'll hope that more of you will be. But if you read Ephesians six twelve, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. If you believe that, Then you must, then you can't believe an accidental history. You just can't. Because it's telling you that there are players behind the scenes that are manipulating the human race, that are bringing the human race into an agenda. And that there is a conspiracy that's going on full time, 24 7. Amen? And we know it's a conspiracy between Satan and his fallen angels the demonic realm that's on the earth, and human agents that are being influenced by them. Now, that's a conspiracy right there. It's two or more that are conspiring against, you see, people or, or nations. Or, so conspiracy, M- majority of all crimes that are tried in the United States have a conspiracy charge on them. So we're not, it's not, it's not foreign to us. But yet we want to do it. In fact, it was after JFK was assassinated. And people began to question his assassination and who did it. We now know it was the CIA. CIA means crooks in action. And the CIA is not beholden to our government. It's not beholden to our elected officials. They can't really monitor them or, or give them any kind of, uh, you know, check them. They can't do it. The CIA doesn't just work in the United States. They work all over the world. And they are part of an agenda to try to control and manipulate society. That's the whole reason why they are. And when, when a political candidate or any kind of political candidate, whether it's president says they want to shut the CIA or the FBI down, then they start having some problems. Come on now. So don't tell me that there's not conspiracy. See, the CIA invented the phrase conspiracy theorist. They did it to discredit people that would not accept the normal explanation and ask questions. And they do that to discredit people. And so they say, oh, well, you wear the tinfoil hat. Guess what? I've been wearing it for seven years straight. I've got a rash around my brow from my tinfoil hat. And it's because of the stuff that has been found out, not stuff that I think, you know, it's not like if Elvis is still alive or if John F. Kennedy Jr. is going to come back and run for president. It's not anything like that. It wouldn't surprise me if it was, but it's not. It's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact that there is a satanic conspiracy against the people of the earth. He is the architect of this culture. And Jesus spelled it out that he comes to do three things. Steal, kill, and destroy So that means everything about this world system is to steal from you, is to kill you, and to destroy you. And guess what? You will continue to lick that arsenic lollipop and like the cherry flavor, but yet you've got a velvet noose around your neck. And that is the way he works. You cooperate with your own destruction. Amen? Amen. So there's conspiracy. There's conspiring. We've talked a little bit about that. You can go back to the previous lessons. Notice it says this. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. Against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. And then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, yes. I have set my king. See, yes. see, we have to understand that darkness isn't getting stronger. Darkness is weakening and gra- gasping for its last breaths. I want to show you a scripture here. That is very important for you to understand because people will say, "Well, you know, darkness is just taking over everything. It's just absolutely..." Ha-. No, the reason why we're seeing what we're seeing is not because darkness is increasing, but that light is increasing. Amen. Come on, come on, Pastor. that's good. Amen? Amen. See, we 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 are in the position. You need to understand this. Just just what the Spirit of the Lord was telling us this morning. We are in the position of victory. I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what your circumstances. You may be facing a severe time in your life, but I'm telling you, victory, victory, victory is all you've got. You've got victory in Jesus. Amen? And it says right here in First uh, John chapter 2, and I'm going to read it, verse 8. It says, at the same time, it is... A new commandment that I am writing to you, which is true in Him and in you, because because the darkness is passing away, yes. and the true light is already shining. Yes. See, that's the reason why there's so much hubba-loo going on. That's the reason why we're seeing so much. That's the reason why the aliens are increasing. Isn't it? Don't you find it very suspicious? that the first report of aliens happened in 1947 and Israel became a nation the next year? The devil knows his time is short. Amen? How many remember, 19? I think it was 1978, Close Encounters of the Third Kind? How many remember that? I was alive. I got to see that in the movie theater as a kid. And, you know, they had the tagline, we are not alone, you know? We were never alone. What kind of dummy? Come on now, Spielberg, you're smarter than that. We've never been alone. And these manifestations, they've been with us since the beginning of time. It's the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of heaven. And they're at war with one another. And we're right smack dab in the middle of it. Amen? Amen. Okay, now notice this. I'm getting ahead of myself. I've got a lot of things to say and a short time to say it in, just three hours, but we'll be out of here. Okay, no, I'm not. He says, I will tell the decree the Lord said to me, you are my son, today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your your, uh, um, possession. for his wrath is quickly kindled. Now notice this. He talks about the wrath towards these conspiring kings and these conspiring nations. But notice this last phrase. And this should be the phrase that you hold on to when we're talking about the end times. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. How many have taken refuge in the king here today? Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen? So we take refuge in him, and that protects us. In the times that are coming upon the earth, amen? Now, Jesus warned us about some specific things, and he was very explicit about it. But sometimes when we get into uh, the English version of the Bible, it kind of uh, creates some barriers because the, uh, the original New Testament was written in Greek, and of course, the Old Testament written in Hebrew and in Aramaic, and so we are far removed from, from that language. And English kind of complicates it, but Jesus has said some things that I, I he's very clear. So let's look at Luke 21 as we get into this lesson here today, Luke 21. And I'm going to start with verse number 8 after the disciples said, Teacher, when will these signs be and when will the, uh, uh, the end of the age happen? He says this. He says, See that you are not led astray. For many will come into, in my name, saying, I am he, and the time is at hand. Do not go after them. And when you hear of wars and tumults, okay, if you hear wars, he said in, in Matthew, wars and rumors of wars, amen? Have we heard of wars and rumors of wars, amen? He said, notice that, don't be terrified. That's a word for somebody. Don't be terrified, amen? For these things must first take place, but the end will not be at once. Now notice this. Therefore he said to them, nation will rise against nation. And the word nation there is the where we get the word ethnic group or ethnos in the, in the uh, Greek. And it means this, that ethnic group will rise against ethnic group. I want to give you uh, this, and you know, I don't do this to make people mad. But I do that to make people aware that basically when it comes to ethnic group, rising against ethnic group, you're getting into the realm that is going to be very prominent in these days. It's called eugenics. Now, what does eugenics mean? In the Greek, it means good genes. Now, what elitists have done is that they declare that they're the ones with the good genes. That's the reason why Hitler Hitler was a eugenicist. Now, we think we've conquered, you know, that ideology and that thing. But, no, it's alive and it is well in planet Earth today. And, basically, it's Margaret Sanger, okay, the founder of Planned Parenthood. She was a eugenicist that believed that there are people who have good genes and there are people who don't have good genes. And she said this, and people still follow her today. Politicians still uphold her into high esteem. She says, we want to exterminate the Negro population. Colored people are like human weeds and need to be exterminated. That's said from Margaret Sanger the founder of Planned Parenthood. That's the reason why you don't see Planned Parenthood in Hollywood and Vine. You don't see Planned Parenthood in rich places. They go into areas that are impoverished, and they set up. Now listen, there's people that praise Margaret Sanger. Margaret Sanger said colored people, and guess what? We're all colored people. There's no such thing as race in the Bible. Amen. There's no such thing as race. He never said he made races. He made of one blood all the nations of the earth. He says, colored people are like human weeds and need to be exterminated. Hillary Clinton, I admire Margaret Sanger enormously. Her courage, her tenacity, her vision. All right. Margaret Sanger also says, that. you don't like this, do you? Because some of these are your heroes. Okay, the most merciful. <laughs> All right. Okay. The, mo- the most merciful thing that a large family does to one of its infant members is to kill it. Margaret Sanger. Barack Obama, we are truly grateful to you. Thank you, Planned Parenthood. God bless you. Mm-hmm. Ethnic group will rise against ethnic group. Hello, I'm telling you what. A lot of the animosity that comes. I hope I can read this. I know. I listen. I'm gonna have to put my glasses on for this. <laughs> Notice this, okay. Israel Cohen, a racial program for the 20th century. Notice this. See, everything is about words. OK? These people have written this stuff, and basically, the Lord was talking to me about spells. How many know spells? How many Harry Potter people out there? They want to talk about spells? Well, guess what? Spells is exactly what it is. It's a word, spell. It means words that create an atmosphere an ideology. That brings about a curse or brings about a blessing, whatever. Okay, all right. Now, notice this. In 1912, Israel Conan wrote a book on communist tactics titled, A Racial Program for the 20th Century. It has proven to be prophetic. Now, notice this quote here. Now, I did not say this. This is from him. He says, we must realize that our party's most powerful weapon is racial tension. By pounding it into the consciousness of the dark races. What kind? Come on now. I'm sure this guy's Jewish. His name's Israel. Dark races. My goodness gracious. What shade is he? That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous for us to refer to people like dark races. Come on now. We don't use that kind of language. That for centuries they have been oppressed by the whites. We can mold them to our program. The terms uh, colonialism and imperialism must be featured in our propaganda. In America, we will aim for subtle victory while inflaming the Negro minority against the whites. We will endeavor to instill in the whites a guilt complex for exploiting the Negroes. We will aid the negroes to rise to prominence in every walk of life in the in the in the professions in professions and in the world of sports and entertainment. With this prestige, the negroes will be able to intermarry with the whites and begin a process which will deliver America to our cause. Wow. Wow. Now he said it. How racist is that? Wow. How absolutely racist is those statements right there? Yeah. It's unbelievable that these Words are held in high regard by people that are in our government. It's wrong. And see, that's what's so, so bad about it. See, he tells off that he himself is a racist by the last phrase, where he says they will intermarry with the whites. I don't care who gets married. Come on now. I, I don't care who gets married. Praise God. That's not God wants us all. Amen. We're one in Him. Amen. There's no delineation, but this is wicked stuff. Wicked stuff. Wicked stuff. I, I, to do this, I've got to, I've got to put a little funny in here. You know, when we had the churches shut down, just, this lady was asked if any churches in her neighborhood were open during the pandemic. She replied, "I don't know. I eat Popeyes." <laughs> you, you gotta. You got to throw that in. All right. George Carlin. Political correctness is fascism, pretending to be manners. He was a smart man. A profane man, but a smart man. Okay. All right. Let's see what we got here. Oh, this is a wonderful gentleman. This is George Soros. Okay, notice what George Soros says. I'm going to bring down the United States by funding black hate groups. We'll put them into a mental trap and make them blame white people. The black community is the easiest to manipulate. That is horrible. But yet these people are on 60 Minutes. Come on now. It's horrible what these people are doing, and, and we're letting them do it. We're letting them do it. Amen? And this is just not... Uh, remember in 2020 when all the statues were being pushed down? You know, we, the big one was Christopher Columbus And various... Well, guess what? Of course, the statue of Lenin is unscathed in Seattle. And I could go over and show you various people that, uh, you know, promote communism and promote this, that their statues were not touched at all. It's important how selective they are in what they do. Amen? And so we've got to understand that we live in a world in which these things are happening, and we need to stand up against them. Amen? Amen? We need to stand up against them. But he said nation shall rise up against nation, and we're seeing that happen. But we also see from these quotes that this is also instigated by a conspiracy from the father of lies to the demonic hordes that live in the earth realm that are influencing human people to think these things and say these things, casting a spell on a generation of people. Amen? Amen. And that's really what's happening. You know, spells aren't something that we read in Grimm's fairy tales. Right. Come on. Spells are real. Right. It's basically propaganda that comes through television, comes through social media. Uh, you can have a spell cast on you at your work uh, in the sense that they will, you know, say something that will cause you to feel um, insecure about your placement, about your job, that will create certain attitudes, and create certain habits. And it's the same thing. How many have ever had a spell cast on them on your first crush? Okay, when you have a crush in school, some of you are still having crushes and you're 60 years old. Come on now. Get over that. Amen? Amen. But you'll just, you'll fall all over yourself to, Do something to make yourself noticed or to get the favor of something. That's a spell. That's a spell. Okay? And we need to understand that we don't operate in that. We operate by the Word of God. Amen? The Word of God is truth. The devil just has spells and they're deception. Amen? Okay. Are we all right? Okay. And kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes. Have we seen great earthquakes? Yeah, we've seen multiple great earthquakes. And in various places, famines and pestilences. That word pestilence is the word for plague. And we just went through a plague. We went through the, a virus, a coronavirus, you know, and things of that nature. And, of course, they're trying to ramp it up again. Okay. All right. We can stand against that. Psalm 91 worked in 2020. Yeah. It will work in 2023, 2024, 2025. Amen? And we need to believe God. Amen? But notice this it says, and there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. Okay? Now, a lot of people will say that, well, it's going to be, you know, the red moon, the blood moon. Well, the blood moon didn't terrify me, it didn't make me scared. Ooh. <laughs> run for the hills. No. I was having, I had the wonderful honor to have lunch with Rick Renner, and I got to actually meet quite a lot of people at the first of the year that really blessed me. I got to sit and have um, lunch with Rick Renner and Andrew Womack and uh, uh, Billy Brim and, uh, of course, my good friend and mentor. Uh, Bob Yandian, and we're sitting there talking, and and Rick kind of whispers to me, and he says, Craig, do you know anything about UFOs and stuff like that? Uh, Maybe. maybe? (laughs) (laughs) He goes, uh, he goes, you know, I was reading in the Greek in the 21st chapter of 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 Luke, he said, I saw something that really kind of shook me that I hadn't seen before. I said, Oh really, what's that? And he read that scripture. And there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. He said, Do you know what that word terrors means in the Greek? And I said, Tell me, Rick, tell me what that <laughs> means. You're the Greek <laughs> scholar here. You tell me. He says Monsters. For those of you who didn't hear, monsters. And so I went back and I looked it up as well, and it's basically Phobetron in the Greek, and it's basically the god of nightmares. So it's it's absolutely night, nightmarish things coming down from the heavens. Jesus prophesied the alien agenda and the aliens in the last days. That's what he's saying right there. Whether you want to believe it or not, that's exactly what he's saying. He's not talking about asteroids. He's not talking about... He's talking about monsters. Hello. You see, the alien agenda is part of the last great deception. We'll talk more about that as we get closer into our disclosure, but I'm not going to talk about it today. But I'm showing you very clearly that Jesus actually begins to share the full panoramic view of what's happening in the 21st century right here, right now. Listen, UFOs are not going away. They're going to get more and more because there is a final deception that is coming upon the earth that has been propagated way back in Greek times, a thing called panspermia. And it's basically a neo-evolutionary idea, neo-Darwinism, that basically says that we were seeded on this earth by alien entities and that they will eventually come to save us Hello and that, that's what they're, that's what ancient aliens teaches every week. they teach that every week okay but yet most Christians don't have any idea about this and it is something that is rampant in our culture every movie that we've seen over the last 25 years, 50 years from the day the earth stood still I believe it was 1953. On to this time has shown that there's somebody watching us, somebody investigating us. And eventually, after the atomic bomb went off, they are troubled about us and want to save us. No, they will come as saviors, but they will be destroyers. And that's what the tribulation is all about. That's what the tribulation is all about. Amen? Okay, are we okay? How many are saying, man, that's weird? <laughs> if it's weird, it's important. In the Bible, if it's weird, it's important. You've got to get a hold of it. Jesus clearly said and stated that there will be monsters, nightmarish beings from the skies. And I don't know if you've seen any pictures of anybody that has shared what they saw when they ran into alien creatures, they didn't look very nice. They looked a little nightmarish. Come on now. It's not going away. In fact, it is a continuation of the Genesis 6 narrative. Okay? Which is aliens messing with the human genome... Okay, all right. You're not ready for that. Maybe next week or the week after that. But you've got to get a hold of this stuff. This, it'll explain a lot of things to you about what's going on in the world. Amen? Okay, so now let's go to our last scripture, and I'm going to show you some videos. Let's go to the 13th chapter where we left off last week of the book of Revelation. And we shared with you about the two beasts, the first beast that rises up out of the sea And this beast is an amalgamation of all the beasts that Daniel saw. You see, he saw four beasts which represented earthly kingdoms that would oppress Israel. And these four kingdoms are basically, there's actually seven total kingdoms that the devil has used to create his system. We've got Samaria, you've got Egypt, you've got Babylon, you've got the Medes and Persians, You've got the Grecians and you've got the Romans twice. Okay, so you'll have a Roman, you know, the, the, the Romans will be, uh, you know, in the first century, but then guess what? It never really left. Okay? And so there, this amalgam of monsters comes up out of the sea. So it basically declares that the Antichrist is not just a person, but a system. Okay, there's a system. And then there's a person. As you see with the various kingdoms, you'll see that it was a person, Nebuchadnezzar, and Babylon, a kingdom. You would see that it was Alexander the Great and the Grecians. You'll see it was Julius Caesar and Rome. You see, now Rome was kind of, you know, a representative culture before. But when Julius Caesar stepped in, it became, you see, where he began to be. Uh, the main rule, the, the ruler of the empire. Amen? And so we, it, it always doesn't separate the kingdom from the man. So we have the Antichrist, which is a man, rising up out of the sea, out of the popularity of the people. But he's really a beast. Now, remember Nebuchadnezzar's dream when he had a dream of a great colossus, you know, that had the head of gold and, you know, the various... Different things you know that he saw there. that's how man looks at man's kingdoms. They see him as this wonderful, sculptured, beautiful thing. In fact, it gave him such awe that he built it. He built it and wanted everybody to bow down to it. Hello, because it's had a head of gold and silver and diminishing metals going down as it went down the statue. But that's the way man looks at his kingdoms. That oh, they're beautiful, they're grandiose. I'm so glad to be a part of them. But when God gives Daniel the same vision, it's not a colossus, it's four ravenous beasts. And that shows you God's estimation of man's kingdoms. It's that they prey upon people, they steal, they kill, and they destroy. Amen? Amen. Okay. Then we saw another beast last week come up. He comes up out of the earth. And he looks like a lamb, which we just took communion. And Jaden talked about the Passover lamb, the spotless lamb, which symbolizes Jesus. So this false prophet will look like Jesus. Jesus. And will perform signs just like Jesus. But it says that he talks like a dragon. So, what what a dichotomy there. That we have this beautiful lamb, sweet, beautiful, woolly, white, precious, just brings out the gooey gooey out of our hearts, and then it opens its mouth and it speaks like a dragon. That is such a contrast. Amen? But that's the picture that you have here. Now, notice as we go to uh, verse number, let's, let's drop down to verse number 14. It's, well, let's do 13. It performs, talking about this second beast, this false prophet, it performs great signs, even making fire come down from heaven to earth in front of people and by the signs that it is allowed to work in the presence of the beast the first beast it deceives those who dwell on the earth telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded but by the sword and yet lived so this gives us an illustration that everything that satan does in this last time is a mimic Of Jesus. We have Jesus, death, burial, and resurrection. We will have the Antichrist die and be brought back to life. He will do everything that Jesus did and does. Because he's the Antichrist. The word anti not only means opposing Christ, but it means replacing Christ. Okay? Okay? So he's going to do everything that Jesus did. So he's raised back to life. His mortal wound is healed. And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast. Now notice they create an image. And many times we think and go back in our minds to Nebuchadnezzar's image and how the image is brought to life. But now that we've gotten a little closer to the time of the end, We have certain things that have come about that kind of shed new light on this bringing about or giving life to the image of the beast. I believe that it is AI, and I believe it's an internet system and a computer system that is going to be implanted into the... Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, why do I say that? Because of these next clips that you're about to see. Now listen, I know you think your phone is the coolest phone on the planet. I, I, you know, you have more technology than they had the, the men that went to the moon. You've got it in the palm of your hands. But did you know that that technology is obsolete compared to the technology that they already have. They make money off of you with these 14s, 15s, 16s and stuff, and they'll let that run and make their money off of it, and then they'll do it. But they've got way more technology than you could ever imagine. Hello. They're just holding on to it because they're smart. (laughs) Okay? Now, why do I say... That this image of the beast has something to do with 5G internet, which could go up to others, which they, you know, brain chip implants and implants within the hand. It's because of these clips. So you ready to watch some clips? You ready for a break from me? And watch some clips? Okay, so let's watch these clips. Listen very closely.
1: Can you imagine that in 10 years, when we are sitting here, we have an implant in our uh, brains and um, I can immediately feel, because you all will have implants, I can, and we measure your, your brain waves, and I can immediately tell you how the people react or I can feel uh, how the people react um, to your answers. Uh, is it imaginable?
0: Um, I I, I think that is imaginable. I think... um...
2: Especially the rise of brain-computer interfaces and biometric sensors and so forth, it is very likely people will literally be part of a network. All the bodies, all the brains would be connected together to a network and you won't be able to survive if you're disconnected from the net because your own body parts your own immune system perhaps depends
3: on being constantly connected to the colony to the network next project isn't a car or a spaceship or a solar panel the executive's latest startup is called neuralink which focuses on the goal of implanting chips into human brains and also connecting brains to computers. Here's what Elon Musk said at a conference in California about the technology last night. This, um, I think, has a very good purpose, uh, which is to cure important diseases um, and ultimately to help secure humanity's uh, future as a civilization relative to AI. This, I think, has tremendous potential, um, and we, we hope to uh, have this uh, aspirationally in, in a human patient um, Before the end of next year. So this is not, not far. Not far, he says. The implantation (laughs) of the neuron- (laughs) The (laughs) the implantation of the neuron-sized threads requires the use of a special robot, but Musk said it's a minimally invasive surgery.
4: They likened it to LASIK. No
2: big scars, no hospital stays, it would be a short procedure, and you get to keep all your
3: hair.
5: Sixty satellites hurtling into the sky. And over the next few decades, Elon Musk is hoping to send 42,000 of these satellites to space, 15 times the number of operational satellites in orbit today. It's part of Starlink, the expansive constellation from Musk and SpaceX that hopes to bring the world low-latency, high-speed internet, promising no more buffering and nearly instantaneous internet in every corner of the world. Nearly half of the world's population does not have access to the internet because most internet options require an extensive track of costly underground cables, leaving many rural locations offline. And while satellite internet can reach those areas.
4: Traditional satellite internet is provided by a bus-sized spacecraft that is launched 22,236 miles into space in orbit around Earth.
5: That distance means the satellite can reach places that cables can't. But since that one satellite is meant to service a lot of people, its data capability is limited, which then limits connection speeds. And that signal has to travel a long way, creating a lot of lag. This is where Elon Musk and SpaceX come
4: in. Starlink is a globe encircling network of internet beaming satellites that is trying to get you online no matter where you are in the world.
3: Um, it's just that, I mean, you have a digital. Version of yourself, or, or p- partial version of yourself, online in the form of your emails and your social media and all the things that you do, um, and and you have basically superpowers in, in that with your computer and your phone and and the applications that are there. Um, you have more power than the president of the United States had 20 years ago. So you can answer any question. Uh, you can video conference with anyone um, right. anywhere. You can send a message to millions of people instantly. Um, You know, you just do incredible things. We are all already cyborgs in a way, in that your phone, computer, are extensions of yourself. Right right now, we are already a cyborg. People don't realize, we are already a cyborg. Because we are so well integrated with our phones and our computers, the phone is almost like an extension of yourself. If you forget your phone, it's like a missing limb. To to some degree, we are already a cyborg. you think, like, uh, you think of like the, the digital tools that you have, your phone, your computer, the applications that you have, like the fact that as I was mentioning earlier, you can ask a question and instantly get an answer Look at uh, from Google world or, or you know, from other things. So over time, I think we'll probably see a, um, a closer merger of biological intelligence and digital intelligence between your brain and your digital, the digital extension of yourself. Um, so some ha- high bandwidth interface to the brain, I think, will be something that uh, helps achieve a symbiosis and between human and machine intelligence and maybe solves the control problem. He's really tired of losing his AirPods because on July 19th, he once again set the Twitter and tech world ablaze when he responded, yes to a fan's tweet asking if Neuralink would allow users to stream music directly to their brains. Dozens of news organizations quickly began to generate speculation, publishing articles, all to the effect of, Elon Musk wants to stream music to your brain.
0: Does it not? You know, they lay it out as, well, it's going to help people with neurological problems. It's going to cure dementia, Alzheimer's, all of these things that many of us have been afflicted with directly and indirectly. So who wouldn't want that? But yet what you're seeing is the construction of the very device that I believe is going to be brought to life in the last days as a surveillance entity that will cause you to be read on any level, the neurological level, the biometric level, in the sense that they can tell what your blood pressure is. They can tell, like, if if the great leader comes and speaks to the crowd, he can determine whether or not you agree with him, whether you're nodding your head yes or not by the fact that your blood pressure is elevated, by the fact that certain biometric, um, you know, metrics are showing that you are not in agreement with what he's saying. And it will cause you to cause them to know where you are at any time, anywhere and how you're feeling. This is what they're doing. This is what they call the global reset. This is what they call the fourth industrial revolution. They are saying that the fourth industrial revolution is not necessarily a change in our production, not a change in our economy, but a change in us. That human beings are going to be transformed and changed, altered. Now, This gives new insight in what the mark of the beast is. Now, where do we get the term mark of the beast? Well, it goes back to Genesis chapter 3, where it says that the serpent, you see, was more cunning than any other, what's that word? Beast in the field. So immediately, God calls the devil a beast. Hello. If you think it was a snake, you haven't read your Bible. The word snake is the word nakash. And it just means something that is glowing and shining. It means that there was an interaction with a spirit being that Adam and Eve had. And that this spirit being was already in rebellion against God and was leading humanity into that rebellion. By partaking of knowledge that was not deemed permissible at the time, rebellious knowledge, bypassing the master and saying, I will become like God, just like Lucifer did in the 14th chapter of Isaiah. So the mark of the beast may not be a tattoo. We've we've long said it was a tattoo because of the Holocaust, because that's what they did with the Jewish people. They put Numbers on their forearms, and they, you know, delineated them with that, and that was a mark. Some people say, well, it's a spiritual mark, it's just simply a spiritual mark. I submit to you, if you go to the second chapter in the fifteenth verse, the, the, God speaks to the woman and to the serpent, and he says this. He says, the seed of the woman, You shall bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. And he begins to tell that there will be enmity between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent, the seed of the beast. So what I suggest for your thinking today is that when it comes to the mark of the beast, It is not just a mark that you receive just to get beans and taters. (laughs) But that it is a morphine from a human being created by God to a synthetic human being created by technology. Because what the World Economic Forum want to bring about is Human 2.0. They want you altered through transhumanism to not be dependent upon the covenant of your God, but to be dependent upon the government for your needs and sustenance and human technology to be the savior of your life. Because in their agenda, if you look at their website... Their agenda clearly outlines that they will be able to print new organs. You won't have to wait for a transplant. They'll print new organs and give them to you. That they will eradicate sickness and disease in space. This is on their website. In space. So, I guess what? You'll be well in space, but maybe not down here. But they'll learn how to... And then also on their agenda is to contact alien life. Oh, gosh. I don't know if you're getting a hold of this, but this is the agenda of one of the greatest influencers of our governments and of our socioeconomic system. This is their agenda, and it falls in line with the 21st chapter of the book of Luke. Jesus said these things were going to happen. The unrest in our nation, the unrest in our economy, the unrest in the ethnic groups and the battles that we're having have been brought about by human cunning and devise. We are sinful creations. We are fallen beings if we don't have Jesus Christ. And we can fall to racism because of that. But what they do is they instigate it. They incite it. They begin to cast a spell over the community. They say to one community, you need to watch out for this community. And they say to the other community, these other community doesn't... And they cast a spell. And that's the reason why you need to stop listening. Amen? I stopped watching the news during the 2016 election. I mean, it was nasty. That's when it started really getting nasty. Amen? And I just stopped watching it. I have been better off. Amen? So what's happening? AI is quickly ascending upon us. They're even saying that in order to stay up with AI, we have to have an upgrade because AI has access to any and all information where we are limited in our neurological transfer of information. So by getting a link... We actually connect yeah. How many remember the matrix? Yeah. How many remember Neo getting jacked up in the back of his neck? Yeah. Did you know that that's actually possible? Yeah. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to learn kung fu? <laughs> come on now. You know, get jack, come on. It can actually happen. They understand how the brain works and how you can get, you see, memory, short-term memory into long-term memory. They know how to travel through that. And as you saw, and we all have been Happy with Elon Musk for buying Twitter and getting rid of that junk that was on it. Come on, Twitter was a toilet. Let's just say what it is. Okay? But yet he's in on it too. Which which tells you that the devil plays all sides. Amen? Now, I've got another set of clips and then I'm going to close. Do you want to see them? Okay, now this is also talking about this situation, and I think it's about five, six minutes, all right? So bear with me. Some people say, well, these things are too long. You need to hear it from their mouth, not mine, amen? Because this is what they're saying. So let's play those last couple of clips there.
2: Brains are remarkable, miraculous even, but they can't do everything. Unless we give them a little high-tech help. When children see the movie The Matrix, and they see Neo jacking an electrode and all of a sudden becoming a gung-fu master, the first question they ask is, how can I get one? It's actually physically possible. The key to transforming learning, from an organic process to a machine-like downloading of information, is a squiggly bit of brain known as the hippocampus. The hippocampus is the gateway to memories. Short-term memories are stored right here in the prefrontal cortex, but eventually they have to be transferred to long-term memories, and that's where the hippocampus comes in.
1: This part of the brain doesn't store the memories, but it does the
2: appropriate conversion. At the University of Southern California, bioengineer Ted Berger has already proven that a computer chip can replace or enhance brain function. Right now, what our prosthesis
0: does is to convert a code that's kind of in the middle of the hippocampus to what would be the output of the hippocampus.
2: They've been able to take mice and access the electrical signals coursing through the hippocampus and record them. And then when they shot the message back into the hippocampus, the mouse remembered the task.
0: We found that we can not only restore long-term memories, we can enhance the animal's ability to remember. You could think about using
1: devices like this to greatly enhance human memory and to shorten the cycle for learning in terms of uh, downloading huge quantities of memory at a single time. Chips that
2: augment our hippocampus could very well help us learn faster. So will that make them a must-have for competitive parents? At that point, it could create an arms race in elementary school. Rumors go out that, well, Jones's kid, he's been enhanced. And our Johnny has to compete with this enhanced kid.
4: The reality is that with these kinds of technologies, they do not get distributed to everyone at the same time.
3: Some people get it first. Some people get it better. As a society, we have to really think long and hard about Who gets this? If it's just the wealthy, that there are uh, real dangers, that they will use it to consolidate their power and their wealth.
4: These technologies are the future of the brain, our human brain and where it is headed with technology. Right now, scientists in laboratories around the world are developing brain chips. Now these are chips that can be inserted into the brain and they are wireless. We will have brain chips in humans. And the people who will get those brain chips first are people who suffer from severe medical conditions. So if you have a severe medical condition, like you're paralyzed from the neck down, or you suffer a brain disorder like Alzheimer's disease, or Parkinson's disease, and that brain chip can restore your quality of life. Would you hesitate to get the chip? No, of course not. You would say, put the chip in my brain. Mind-to-mind communication. This is something of science fiction that we all read about. But this is actually possible today, as I just showed you. So there will come a point where if we have a chip in our brain, and and you out there have a chip in your brain, we can communicate. We can communicate without talking. We can communicate when you're halfway around the world. And we can exchange knowledge. So, if you look at a world where we have these chips that are connected to the internet, all of a sudden, every piece of information on the internet becomes accessible to our minds. Now. When we look back at today and we have to go to Baidu or Google and type it in, that will seem so primitive. Nobody will do that. You will just think, what knowledge do I need? And it will appear there for you to use. But it gets even weirder, stranger. Because we will not only be able to transfer knowledge, but we will be able to transfer memories. Now, so you could have an experience... Like skydiving. And all of a sudden you could transfer that experience to a friend. And all of a sudden they have experienced what you have experienced. It gets even weirder. Because we will be living our lives as our lives. We know our lives and our memories. But you will all of a sudden have access to anybody's life who wants to make it available to you. All of us are here learning at SEABS, right? Getting EMBAs and MBAs. Well, this will be obsolete because SIEBs will literally be in the cloud and you will just download from all the best minds in the world, whatever you need to know, when you need to know it. Our brains will be, we will no longer have universities as we have them today. These, that will change. Information will be on demand. Information will be commoditized. Knowledge will be commoditized. All of us will be smarter. Uh, have infinite amounts of storage and infinite access to information. It will be unheard of. We will no longer be this isolated human being. We will be connected to everything. And when we do that, we have to understand that this is a big responsibility. It's something we as a society, we as a human race, must think about very, very carefully. Because imagine... People can hack your cell phone now. People can hack your computer. And it can be bad. They can steal your banking information. Take all your money. They can steal your identity. But they can't really hurt you. In the future though, if somebody hacks into your head because it's connected to the internet, they can steal you. They could actually steal you. They can implant memories in your head that you don't have. They could erase memories. They could control you. In in ways that you wouldn't even know you're being controlled. Is this scary?
0: That wasn't a Christian conference. (laughs) That was a very secular conference. Of course, it was a, a series of TED Talks. Notice what the serpent said. He said, but the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes are going to be open. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The mark of the beast and the number of its name, 666. In its most elementary form, you know, you can di- digest it and, 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 and dive deep into the number. It's a geometra number. But in its surface meaning, six is the number of man because man was created on the sixth day. Three sixes is man becoming Deity. And that's where we're headed. That's where everything is going. That's the reason why there's going to be persecution towards those who have received Christ. Because we have received the ultimate upgrade. I'm here to tell you, I don't need them to print me a new heart. I got a new heart from Jesus. Jesus provides for me, and he'll provide for you. That's right. And it's getting more and more where you're going to have to take this word literally, and you're going to have to take this word seriously. Because everything else is a spell. Everything else is a spell. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Our identity in Christ. Why is there so much turmoil over identity in our culture today? It's because there's only two identities. The Bible outlines, it says, in Adam, all die. But in Christ, all who are made alive. So it's only in Christ Jesus. Listen, technology cannot save you. Technology cannot ultimately save you. But yet it's being touted as a savior. And technology coupled with alien visitation. It's going to be a great deception, a strong delusion that is going to come upon the human race. They've been preaching it for years and years and years. And they've got it in the psyche of the culture so that we don't really have a problem with aliens anymore. That's the reason why they are dripping it into the culture, dripping it into our broadcast. Is because they want you to be able to take it a little at a time, but they've been in connection with these entities all along. Right. Do you remember? And I'll close with this. I know I've told you I called, but I'm telling you, this is urgent that we get a hold of this. Yeah. Jesus is on the Mount of Temptation, he's been fasting for 40 days, and the devil comes to him and he says this, he shows them all of the kingdoms of the world. He shows their glory. And he says, listen, I'll give this to you. It's mine to give because I got it. Jesus didn't say, no, that's not true. He didn't say it. didn't say it because Adam turned it over to him. If you'll fall down and worship me, I'll give you all. Listen, there are people that have fell down and worshiped the devil. They have gotten information from him. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. I haven't got to talk about the Vril Society. I haven't got to even talk about the Thelemic Society. I haven't, these are things that are prominent in the, in the, the um, military-industrial complex. Did you know that they're using black magic, voodoo, And other forms of sorcery and occultism to get information on how to build weapons. And they've been doing it for years. Hello? Oh, my goodness gracious. I told you I would make you happy, though, before you left. (laughs) All right? I'm here to tell you, friends. We see this coming on, we see this begin to burgeon, but we don't need to be afraid of it. We don't need to be fearful, because God has it under control, amen? Jesus is already our answer, and one day, and very soon, we're on the Day of Atonement today, we're the Day of Atonement right now, the 24th of September. And thank God we have the fulfillment of atonement through the blood of Jesus Christ. You are not just a mere human being. You do not need all of these tools. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old has passed away and behold everything has become brand new. God's Spirit lives on the inside of you. You don't need the cloud. You've got the cloud on the inside of you. You've got the glory on the inside of you. Why would you want the internet in your head when you've got the mind of Christ? Why would you need anything like that? Come on. When you've got the healer on the inside of you. It's time for us to take a stand and to step over. Step over into a more realized experiential relationship with Jesus. And not just simply just be a student of His, but but actually allow His Word to become a part of our lives. It's time to get weird. Because I've told you this. If people on the outside don't think you're weird... You're not doing it right. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Glory to God. that help anybody today? Are you sure you want to go on? Amen. Okay. All right. We'll we'll do it. All right. You asked for it. We've got a lot to share. A lot to share. And again, we're just, you know, we're just on that. If we're eating an ice cream cone, we're just on that top. We ain't even got down to the crunchy stuff yet. But God's got some things for us. We're going to be a prepared church. Amen? We're going to be prepared for the end times. Amen? Hallelujah. I believe in the rapture. I believe he's going to take us home. I can show you that in the scriptures definitively but I do know that there are tough times ahead the last days days that are hard to be born shall be the norm we need to be ready for them amen just as Wade said if we're born of God we overcome the world and this is the victory that overcomes the world our faith amen hallelujah praise the Lord If you're here today and you don't know Jesus or you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit or you need to be healed or delivered or you just simply want prayer for something. We have the altar benches available for you to do direct one-on-one relationship with God. But on the sides, we'll also have counselors, people that will aid you and help you in your prayer if you so desire. But I believe first... You need to go to God directly. Amen. But if you need help, praise God, we're here. Amen. So as I close the service out, the uh, ministers will come up, take their places, and don't leave the same way you came in. If you need something from the Lord, get it. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.